0: Do you want to go faster? Yeah! Call the neighbors and fetch the kids. It's time for Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. From connected cars to electric planes, Ken and Sasha have the information to keep you well informed. So get ready, get set,
1: and go! Here's Ken and Sasha. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome to Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. We are Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little, your hosts for this hour.
0: That's right, Ken. And there's a lot of effort that goes into making sure that we keep you abreast to what is going on in regards to mobility in your world. And this week is absolutely no exception. On tap, we will spend this hour talking about the world's oldest mode of transportation known to man, and if it has a place in today's world of mobility as a service.
1: We have plenty to share from the parts. bin too in a few minutes. But first, please say hi to my vivacious co-host, Roadworthy Drives resident geekette, the lady with the smile on her face and the snark in her mouth, Sasha J. Little. Howdy, Sasha. <laughs> what? I mean, the
0: way that you choose to actually, like, introduce me. Memorable. Just keeping it memorable. Uh, If you are new to the program, folks, know that by adding your voice to the conversation is easy and painless. Just call or text us via the Roadworthy Drive line at 872-222-9793 or if email is more your thing, absolutely no worries. You could toss Ken an email at ken at net, And don't worry, both the email and and the phone number are good 24 365 Come on and reach out to us.
1: It'll do you good.
0: It will. It does the body good to connect with those to which you are, you know, spend Connected. time with. Yes.
1: <laughs> How about some electric vehicles Okay. that cost less than $10,000, brand new? Are they available in the U.S.? Uh, not yet. Ah. Oh. But I wanted to talk about them because it's a possibility.
0: Okay, how many? I mean, is it an actual car? This or... is kind of
1: more of a of a wagon. It's the Maruti Suzuki Wagon R EV. Okay, they're launching it next year in India. Uh huh. Um, and it's it's all electric. It's not a hybrid. It's pure electric.
0: Okay, all They right.
1: They are calling it one of the most important vehicle platforms in the ongoing battle against climate change and pollution. And they consider India the world's most Air polluted country.
0: Okay, now I have not heard the name Suzuki.
1: Suzuki used to be in America. Oh, they I gave know. it up, um, but they are still doing business in the rest of the world. India, one of their major markets.
0: I did not know that.
1: Indeed, because
0: I remember the Suzuki. What was it, Sidekick? The little tracker, Geo Tracker, right around that the, same line. The,
1: the last car that they marketed in the United States at 2012 Ooh. was called was called a. Uh, uh, I did. Hayashi. Not- it was called, and it was a nice little car. Problem was, it was too little too late. It was so competitive where they were. They had a truck, a pickup truck called uh, the Suzuki Equator, which was based off of the Nita- Nissan Frontier.
0: Now, see, I was going to say that I did not think that you could buy a Suzuki in the United States past
1: like 1998. No, 2012 was the last year.
0: That is crazy. The year that was supposed to destroy us all, by the way.
1: Indeed. (laughs) They expect this vehicle Uh would, with the electric subsidies included that the government are giving, would come in, American money, $9,840. Charge is not all that great. It's 124 miles in a single charge. But in a small urban situation... Certainly would be something that would be more preferable, perhaps, than a crowded bicycle because you could haul more people and do more things with it.
0: Well, that's what I was kind of interested in. You're saying it goes 124 miles?
1: 124
0: miles. And then how many people are they saying? I mean, it looks almost like a crossover. Well, it, it, it kind I of mean, a
1: crossover minivan. I figure you could get four or five people in that.
0: Okay. All right. Easily. So it's not a seven.
1: No. Okay. Uh Now, the vehicle that it's based on Uh is one of the best-selling vehicles in the country. So this is an electric version of uh, the number six car, best-selling car in India.
0: Oh, well then, there
1: you go. And get this. India also announced the country's first lithium-ion battery gigafactory for electric vehicles that they're going to build there. Now, I didn't say that it was going to be Tesla, but they are building a big factory to build uh, lithium-ion batteries.
0: Is all we're going to say about it.
1: That's all they're saying about it. Okay. Now another car that I thought I'd throw out at you is made by Citrogen. It's a tiny con- EV concept that looks itty bitty. It is.
0: I mean, uh, it looks like one and a half person.
1: Barely. Two but toddlers. if you if you've been to Europe. This is basically a compact car. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. This
0: is basically a full-size car.
1: Well, not quite, but it would be considered a compact car. Figure that over there, Uh this would be considered the size of like a Chevy Cruze or Ford Focus. Those cars would be considered midsize. Wow. Yeah. No. Citrogen is coming up with something called the AMI-1 concept. AMI-1 concept. Okay. It is literally only eight foot long. They call it an urban mobility object that you would use for short hops and around downtown areas. Uh It's a two-seater, 62-mile range, 28-mile-a-mile top speed. Think about this. If you're in an urban city Uh where you're just far enough away from public transportation or you needed to carry something, Uh or maybe you were uh, physically challenged where public transportation was not an option for you, Uh this could be something for you. You wouldn't even need a driver's license in some country with this thing, and get this—you can access it and drive it with a QR code on the handle that replaces a key.
0: Yeah. Okay. All of these things, like all of these things, I understand that you're excited about it, and I—I I think everybody understands that I am all for the electric vehicle because I am all for cutting the, you know, the pump. But uh, all of those things that you that you just read off, none of them. Sounded compelling at all.
1: Wouldn't work for you. No. But in an urban situation as another alternative. I just don't see, at 20 mi- or at 62 miles? Do you know what the average speed is in the average urban center? It's less than 20 miles an hour. No, no,
0: no, 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 62
1: miles on one charge. But hold on. Uh, you could use it for as little as five minutes through a car sharing app, rent it for a weekend, pay a few months of commitment-free access, or if you really love it, sign up for a multi-year subscription with battery power, <laughs> Maintenance and parking included. And Uh, trust me, in Europe, if you can get parking included, do it.
0: No, there's some places here in the United States. I mean, Europe, whatever, but I mean there's some places here in the United States if you can get parking included.
1: True. True.
0: I mean you've talked about apps where they wanted twenty, you know, something dollars Mm -hmm. just to park your vehicle.
1: Easily. During peak time. Now, inside this little car, you'd find wireless charging for your phone, now, of course. a five-inch screen for an instrument cluster, and a simple interface with voice control. A Bluetooth speaker would replace the conventional stereo system. Nice. Now, they admit... So, wait, no radio? No. They admit that North America, not so much, uh, where a lot of people live outside of downtown course, like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the French firm envisions a world where you can preserve creature comforts of a car no matter how short your trip might be so they're looking at a very narrow application in highly urban areas where public transportation could be a challenge where you have a need where a bicycle or maybe walking is not preferable because you need to carry something Uh, if you're one person and you want to bring groceries but you don't want to ride your bike and you don't want to walk and you can't catch a taxi this could be an option for you. On on a sharing app, you only need it, I need to go to the store, get what I need to get, go home. All right. So that could be a possibility. Yeah, I, it, I, I,
0: I, I just can't get excited about it. I, I'm sorry, I mean, it, you had me, like I understand all of those things. But when you tack on 62 mile range, even if it was like in a fleet type situation, you'd have to buy so many of them in order to have, you know, a constant stream of availability. And I didn't really understand at 62 miles range, if you had a fleet, the subscription model or if it was just like a taxi, like an autonomous taxi at 62 miles, even at downtown, your average ride for like an uber they say themselves on their website is 15 miles a, a tit, in north a trip. america
1: we're talking about very very dense cores of older communities that are hundreds of years old that don't necessarily lend themselves to traditional cars i've been to italy trust they park on the sidewalk because there's literally no room in the street to park it, it's just insane I see in those type of communities an opportunity. What Citrogen didn't say was what the turnaround time was for recharging, which to me couldn't be long if you're only getting 62 miles with a top speed of 28 miles an hour. Okay. And importantly, they're looking at a very narrow application. This is not a weekend tripper. This is not a vehicle you're gonna take out of town. This is not even a vehicle that you wouldn't maybe even consider for use for a daily driver. But it is something that you might consider for those trips when you need a little bit more than walking or a bicycle or carrying a cart, but less than a car or a taxi or something, particularly if you're in a situation where where you live is not conducive to that type of transportation. So, uh-huh. I, So I guess we'll see. When we return, a confession, a correction, and the way forward. Back after these messages. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to
0: Road Rookie Drive. Remember the famous race between the tortoise and the hare? Well, the other day there was a rematch. <laughs> been looking all over for you. Well, here I am. Listen, I want a rematch. For years, people have been going around claiming that tortoises complete hares. It's ridiculous. I want to set the record straight. Any time, Bob, any time. OK, stay right here while I go get my track shoes. <sighs> hey, Tiger, uh, fill her up. And
1: there's the secret of winning power. New S.O. Extra. Uh, thanks. Ready? Uh, ready. No! So Extra's multi-action
0: vitane gives you full firing power, cleaning power, and octane power. <coughs> Delivers winning performance every time. To get that kind of power for your car, put a tiger in your tank. Fill up with So Extra at this sign of happy motoring. I just don't understand it. Now that was actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're just tuning in, welcome back to Roadworthy Drive. We are Sasha and Ken at the wheel to make sure that this program stays between the lines and at the proper speed. Um, this hour, we're actually going to talk about the oldest form of transportation known to man. Can you guess what I'm talking about?
1: Mm, I think so. Can you? Yeah.
0: Well, I'm actually going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about Walking.
1: Yeah, and this is where the confession comes in. Okay. Now, for the past three years, we've pretty much discussed all kinds of mobility. Everything. From underground to out of space. But sadly, we have not really focused on what I would consider to be the most basic of transportation devices. Our feet. Skateboards, then. Is that what we're going to talk uh, about? Actually, the feet. Like
0: actual, like walking?
1: Actual, like walking. <laughs> if we are indeed to do you justice, dear listener, that means covering Everything. Because after all, it's a mobility show, right? Right. Okay. Uh, And in the future, we're going to talk more about the challenges and issues of being a pedestrian in a vehicle-centric economy.
0: You know, can I say something? Mm -hmm. I mean, can we just title this Our our Right to Reclaim the Road? Uh, Because the roads were originally meant for pedestrians.
1: But it was a health issue of why sidewalks were created. And we're going to get to that a little later. All right. But first, I want to explain how we got here. Now, this is on me. Uh, A simple visit to my sleep doctor. And I'm one of those that have sleep apnea really bad. And I didn't use my machine like I should have. And let's just say it was not a pleasant doctor visit. She was mad at me, (laughs) and she made it very plain.
0: I bet you she wasn't the only female in the room that was mad at you.
1: Uh, She was rather upset with me. Was Uh change or die?
0: Oh, that is direct. That was dire.
1: Since I had to make some changes, Uh one of the changes I decided to make was to start walking because she did say something about my weight, and it was not flattering. Now, I wasn't talking about walking down some fancy footpath or trail. I just started to walk from my apartment, and now, full disclosure, I live in a suburb of Des Moines, Iowa, beautiful, Iowa's beautiful capital city. Did you just say beautiful? Beautiful. (laughs) uh, I attempted to use the sidewalks, regular sidewalks, not a glorified trail, not a footpath. That's your first mistake. Sidewalk.
0: That's not, yeah, that's just, that's just there for decoration. Kind of like grandma's couch in the living room. It's just for decoration. Don't you dare sit on
1: it. Well, in any case. (laughs) tried to get to my post office about four blocks away. Uh-huh. Say about two-tenths of a mile. All right. And that's when I started to see things. The inconsistency of condition with an availability. <laughs> it was awful. In fact, the last 200 yards to the post office didn't even have a sidewalk at all, at least not directly.
0: So, like, what? Was it just, like, part of the lawn? Pretty uh, much. If okay. I
1: wanted to go, I'd have to go all about out my way and around.
0: D- yep. Did you happen to look up? I mean, it seems to me as, I don't know, fundamental as the sidewalk is that there would be one universal code. Like it needed to be so far wide and,
1: and you know, isn't that cities, I had to go back to an American architectural document dated February, 1957. Well, wait, what? Fifty seven. Nineteen fifty seven. Nineteen fifty seven. Wow. And there are standards. And the sidewalks that I walked on didn't meet any of them. Uh, but I'll get I'll get back to that in a little bit. Okay. I began to consider those of us who only have available to us walking to get from point A to point B, as well as those with physical challenges and even those confined to a wheelchair. And to be blunt, I was shocked because in the neighborhood I live in, we ha- we do have a retirement home uh, at one end of the block. And if you're going to be walking, just basic stuff, not walking to walk, which is the fashionable thing, because in fairness, in our, in our state, there are a lot of bike trails and footpaths and things like that. Right. But to go from where you live to the store, the post office, the local coffee shop, not so much.
0: Well, I mean, here's my thing, and this has always been my hugest thing with, like, the bike pass and the walk, you know, trails and so on and so forth. If you're going to set forth to do the walking thing, that means you have to get dressed, get in your vehicle, drive to that destination to go walking. Like, why
1: can't it just be? But let me make it even simpler. I'm not trying to walk down a bike path for ex- I mean, exercise is important, but I'm talking about the fundamental purpose of Basic transportation of the most basic type, walking, mm-hmm. walking to the store, walking to the post office, walking uh, to run an errand, uh, to pay your bills, things like that. Not necessarily walking for your health, which is where we're mostly set up when people talk about, oh, well, they got footpaths, and they got bike trails. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ability to come out front of where you live And walk to the nearest store, walk to the nearest post office, walk uh, to those types of things you need in daily life. One of the grocery stores require a crossing, a major street, in a way where, where the store is, there's no sidewalk at all. So you've got two choices. If you cross at the light, you cross across the street, but there's no sidewalk over there to get to the store. If you cross in the middle of the block, there's no ramp, which means if you are wheelchair bound or if you are using a walker or some sort of assistance, you've got a real problem. This is in spring. We're not even talking about inclement weather, wintertime, any of that. Right. Not even.
0: Well, and see, it's one of those things where um, many, many years ago when my grandmother was alive and I would have to push her in the wheelchair, it was one of the very few times that, I mean, we went in the street. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, the sidewalks were a nightmare. I mean, some would dip down. I mean, even in front of my house, there's, you know, two or three um, spots where the sidewalk dips and it cracks.
1: Or it and- stops
0: or well because
1: not- you, in your town you can't get to the convenience store no on a sidewalk no i can't from your house nope. in in that town to that store nope. there's no way you can do it without being in the street that's why everybody walks on the street yeah and they got to deal with vehicles even at low speed is still 20 miles an hour yeah and uh even at 20 miles an hour you can get killed well i think and all they got to do is clip you they don't even have to hit you yeah that's true yeah so the big question is, because I like to start at the beginning, and, you know, in this next thing, I am. We we are going to explain it, kind of identify the problem, and hopefully give you an idea of a plan forward, things you can do. So how did we get here? American Worship at the Altar of the Motor Vehicle. Stay tuned. Real Facts, Real Opinions,
0: Real Talk. This is Roadworthy Drive.
1: Real Facts, Real Opinions, Real Talk. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive. Ken and Sasha at your service for the hour to make sure that your journey with us is safe and satisfying Thank you for joining us.
0: For those of you who have not checked out the show's website, what's the holdup? RoadworthyDrive.com is full of information, pictures about the show. I've included a time with Sasha. We now have our sponsors page. Yes, sponsors.
1: And Be sure to support them, please.
0: Yes, yes. Um, and of course, we add to the different bits and bets that are, you know, that we find interesting. And you'll want to make sure that you like us on Facebook and Instagram
1: and Twitter because we'd still be a Twitter Peyton. We'd be a Twitter Peyton, but we also be podcast Peyton. Where can they find uh, that's us? That's
0: right. You can actually look up on the website. You're under we're under the listening tab, mm-hmm. or you can find us on Spotify, Blueberry, um, Stitcher, and what was the other one? Pod-
1: I'm not even sure. We're on so many. Right? Tuned In is, Tuned one, in uh, is, is another, another one. one. Not to mention, for those of you who are in Iowa, uh, we you can also find us, uh, along with your other favorite Iowa-based podcasters, at the Iowa Podcast Network. Yes. The
0: Iowa Podcast Network, run by, uh, run by the wonderful Michelle.
1: Uh, yes. Wonderful yes. girl. Shouts but- out at Michelle. <laughs> Be sure to check it out, uh, particularly to find all of your favorite new and upcoming Iowa-based podcasters. Yes, Virginia, there are podcasters in Iowa. We be proud. We be one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. and uh, you'll want to tune in on our Facebook page because you'll notice that we go back and forth with uh, the Podcast Iowa Network. They're a fun group over there.
1: They are. And yeah. by the way, be sure to like us on Facebook. So that you can stay in tune with what we got going on,
0: right? And I've noticed that a lot of you have really liked some of the uh, jokes that I've been posting on there. Mm-hmm. Like
1: they uh, also like that Tesla pickup truck that uh, you showed. Uh,
0: the Tesla pickup truck, I they have, done
1: lost their minds.
0: Yes, they did. They, yes, they, they did. Lost
1: their minds. Well, you know
0: that you know Ram try a uh, Ram owner tried to poke fun at Elon, uh-huh. and Elon made a quip back to the. There's a Dodge owner, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, uh, what was it, 10,000 pounds? What are you pulling? Ba- uh, to- toy construction or something ooh, like that? Ooh. I mean, it was it was some, like a direct rib because he hasn't released what the Tesla pickup's going to be capable of. But again, for the months and months leading up to this point that he finally does release the actual torque power, um, I have been saying... Ain't, there's never going to be an EV as powerful as my combustion engine truck, uh, The
1: Rivian is already more powerful. I know. That's what so, makes it funny. Yeah. So in, in, in any case, and folks, anyway. be sure to check us out because yes. there's a lot going on. Uh, this hour, we're focused on the oldest form of mobility known to man, that's walking. And by association, the humble sidewalk. Now, you might not know this. But the sidewalk, as an institution, has been under attack from streets and motor vehicles for almost 100 years. As a result, Americans, as a people, walk a lot less and drive a lot more often than other citizens in the industrialized world. Uh, you might wonder, though, what is what is considered a sidewalk? So let me just break that down real quick. Really? Yes. You're going to define what a sidewalk I am going is. to define it. Okay. Because if you're going to talk about it, you really should know what it is and what it's not. A sidewalk is a path considered a path along the side of a road, normally separated from the street by a curb. Now, it is not a footpath. A footpath, on the other hand, is considered a pedestrian way, walking trail, nature trail, and it's a type of thoroughfare intended for use only by pedestrians and not other forms of traffic, such as motorized vehicles, cycles, or horses. And notice, we didn't say that it was found by the side of the road. That is a sidewalk.
0: Now, how does it classify the road? Because if you're driving down the highway, that would be considered your uh, shoulder.
1: Yeah, but highways don't have sidewalks.
0: Yes, but my main road that would go through town...
1: Would be a street with sidewalks.
0: Okay. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Now, in the United States, Unless we generally call it a sidewalk. Right. Unless, of course, you are in one of the mid-Atlantic states or live in Philadelphia or New Jersey. Dare you call it the pavement? Really? I'm just saying. Wow. Would you believe that that sidewalks have been around for some 4,000 years? Yes, I would believe And that. would you also believe that the big renaissance in sidewalks came uh, after a major disaster in Paris where they rebuilt the entire city? And because they made sidewalks a part of the whole life of the city, uh, they viewed sidewalks basically for health benefits. Because before um, sanitary sewers and stuff, uh, you didn't want to cross the road. And you really didn't want to walk in it. All uh, I'm going to say is horses and people and things. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to get any more gruesome than that.
0: Right. But right. horses
1: and people and things. The sidewalk was actually viewed as a health benefit because it got the pedestrian out of the road and out of the filth that was in the streets at that time. As a result of uh, Paris's renaissance with the wide streets and the wide sidewalks and the boulevards, uh, big cities in the United States like New York, Washington, D.C., and yes, even Chicago adopted sidewalks. The whole thing of planners when they're talking about sidewalks and bear in mind i'm not talking about footpaths i'm not talking about trails i'm talking about sidewalks in your city in residential areas as well uh are used basically for more than merely uh transportation in the perfect world a sidewalk lets you commune with your neighbors right experience a city Uh, find the best of what is to offer, sidewalks promote interaction of a city's people and give people even visiting a city an opportunity to experience the best that that city has to offer in real time. Because obviously when you're walking, you're not going as fast and you can experience more.
0: Okay, but here's my thing. All right, I'll flow with you on that. Is there a set standard for the sidewalk?
1: Yes. Short answer is yes. It varies depending on density. Obviously, in big cities downtown, you're going to have your widest sidewalks, which could be as much as 12 feet wide. If you get into residential areas or areas depending on population density, you can have a sidewalk anywhere between 4 to 5 foot wide. Unfortunately, what I found uh, in my small little single person survey is three feet wide to none. And that's before you get into private property. And this is the biggest problem that we have here in the United States. Typically, sidewalks are built not by the city. The city builds roads, but the city doesn't always build sidewalks. If you're developing a new uh, development, it's left up to the developer to develop it. And if you're gonna bring sidewalks to an older neighborhood, it's usually due to individual assessment of those property owners, and that causes a lot of drama, as opposed to putting in a street. Now,
0: I thought that as a property owner, that front part of the the
1: property was actually owned by the city, the terrace area. You would think that there'd be a setback, and you would think that the city would be responsible for the sidewalks, which, for my sake, should be no different than the city is responsible for roads. Yeah, yeah. Finally, we conclude this hour with perhaps some sidewalk solutions. Stick around. Real facts, real opinions,
0: real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. This is the fourth and final segment for this hour of Roadworthy Drive. We are Sasha and Ken, and we are so glad that you could stay with us. Now, during this hour, it has been all about walking, sidewalks, and pedestrian. The one mode of transportation that you don't have to take out a loan for or be required to carry insurance in case of an accident or property damage. But maybe you should.
1: You think hmm, it may be in any case, we're going to wrap up this subject here in a few minutes, but first a programming note, our number two of our program will feature my review of the 2019 Mazda MX-5 Miata convertible hardtop. It's, uh, been, it's been 30 years since I started the business when the Miata first made its appearance. Back then, and yes, I did, I called it the hottest car on the road, Mm. but I also didn't weigh as much as I do now, (laughs) and it is that thing with the hair, but find out what I think about the 2019 edition, or, yeah, 2019 edition. Yeah. Also, we will be featuring a brand spanking new installment of that popular feature, Tech with Sasha. Kind lady, tell the good people what you plan to talk about.
0: You know what? Uh, This week for Tech with Sasha, we're going to talk robotics, for better or for worse. And then my other one, I'm calling Did You Know?
1: Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? know? Maybe not. Probably not. Okay. And that is for hour number two of Roadworthy Drive. If your favorite radio station doesn't carry our hour number two, no worries. You can listen to it on our website. That's roadworthy.com.
0: No it's not
1: RoadworthyDrive.com I can talk
0: Can you? Yes Because uh, you know Before when I was trying To point out the fact You were like Oh it's my accent And I'm like But you don't have one though I Unless used you to Unless Like you get really ranty And then you forget You know the T's I'm from New England And then you're like Leave oh. me alone You say yeah. yeah Ah Ah
1: Ah Ah Yes RoadworthyDrive.com Check it out
0: And of course They can also Google Play We forgot to mention Google Play There you go
1: Another place Google you can find plays, us in a podcast. Stitcher. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Check it out, folks. We're there. Your favorite podcasting platform. I swear we're, there. we're there. We're
0: there. Yes, I promise. Yes. Just look for
1: us. Walking in sidewalks may be down, but certainly not out. I want to start with this little fact, though. Okay. And I quote. There is not a single dollar in the U.S. federal transportation budget dedicated strictly to walking. Wait, what? There is not a single dollar in the U.S. federal transportation budget dedicated strictly to walking. Okay, so here's my
0: thing. As a parent, um, there are literally millions of dollars being spent to tell my children to go outside and play. Mm -hmm. There are millions of dollars telling me that... 10- 10- to 20-minute walk every day would help me lose weight.
1: But if you're not near a footpath.
0: Then, uh, and obviously they're not going to encourage me to walk in the street. Mm-hmm. They're encouraging me to walk during the daytime mm-hmm. in either the early morning or the early evening. Um,
1: Let me throw this at you. But they're not
0: going to go any money to actually make oh, sure that it's a ho- safe walking. Hold,
1: hold on to that thought. Okay. As a Federal Highway Administration study noted, and this is back 10 years ago. 10 years. Ago. In 2009, 2% of the federal aid surface transportation funds were used for pedestrian bicycle programs and projects. However, those two modes were estimated to account for almost 12% of all trips and represent more than 13% of all traffic fatalities. Walking. Walking. Riding a bike and Walking. Wow. 2% funding, 13% of fatalities. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. They blame it, believe it or not, Uh on the evolution that came about of the federal interstate highway system. The idea was moving cars around as quickly as possible without accounting for the fact that not everybody can get there by car. In fact, we know because we've covered that number 9%. Of Americans do not own a car
0: now see and I'm the one that I've got ai I think that's a much higher number I cannot believe that it's just 9% it, and, and and we also had a difference about what age group it included in that number mm-hmm. because if you're talking 16 and over if you're talking 25 and over, are you talking? I mean, is it is it between a certain span like 25 to 65? You know, I I have a huge issue with just it saying that just nine percent because I would actually put it closer to like 15 to 20.
1: And you're probably talking about working adults. You're probably looking at 18 to maybe 54, which is a typical group when they're looking at these numbers.
0: Yeah, I still think that it's going to be close, and it to 15 may be now.
1: Because that number is dated. And with the economy, not everybody has participated in that. Those of us that have older cars, it may have stopped, can't afford to fix, and you may find yourself not even being able to afford a bicycle, meaning you're walking. And a certain amount of Americans do walk, not to lose weight, but because it's the only way they have to get around. And they're counting on sidewalks. No, they're counting on streets. No, they're not counting on streets. They may be in the street. Yeah. But it ain't because they're counting on the street. Mm -mm.
0: Especially with the snow and everything. Yeah. No, Mm -mm.
1: they're they're counting. Remember earlier I I referenced a report, a 1957 paper, and actually the proper association, I got it wrong first time, is the American Planning Association. Okay. And I have that report, and in a later (laughs) show when we talk about sidewalks again, Uh I will bring it. This is a prophetic note. 1957. Uh-huh. If sidewalks are needed in new developments now, it is hard to avoid the conclusion that they will be needed even more in the future. And that was in 1957? Yep. hmm Wow. The problem is, and we alluded to it uh, during last segment, is what they even call phantom sidewalks when you get into suburbia little stub ends of pavement that simply end why because maybe you've got a sidewalk in front of your business but the next property's not developed at all so there's no sidewalk right so you got a little sidewalk here not enough sidewalk there how is a person supposed to get safely from point a to point b and what about these uh developed areas where you need to walk around but were obviously designed for cars with no consideration at all for pedestrians well i mean here's my
0: other thing though what about that that leeway in in the front of your property that i again i always just assumed
1: right now in america for the most part if there's a sidewalk in front of your home right you had to pay to put it there or the city put it there and assessed you directly as the property owner an assessment for that walk the problem with that is you're also the one responsible for maintaining it. And that gets expensive.
0: Yeah, especially if it gets cracks or if it starts trees, to
1: Roots, wear, tear, uh, so many things that can happen to it. And this comes kind of what I found out in just my brief little walk. Yeah. In terms of the quality or lack of quality of sidewalks. So there's so much more that I want to talk about. We're not going to have time to talk about it today, obviously. But I promise you, since we talk about mobility, and this is a mobility show, that mobility and sidewalks is a subject that you will hear more about in the future for absolute sure. And that concludes the conversation about sidewalks for this hour, but doesn't end our coverage of the subject. See you next time. Bye, folks.
0: Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions
1: Incorporated.